Hi, and welcome to the Fempire Podcast, where we feature the latest updates in tech and awesome women in tech. This podcast is brought to you by This.Labs, a JavaScript consultancy focused on changing the ratio. Hire us. Visit this.co slash labs. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the Women in Tech podcast. My name is Alexandra Klein, and I'm a marketing associate at This.Labs. And you can follow me on Twitter at Alexandra Klein. And you could also follow us on Twitter at This.Media. Today, we'll be talking to a really awesome woman in tech, and I'm really excited to get to know her and to hear her story and have her shared with everyone. So I'm going to let her introduce herself to you all. Over to you. Okay. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So my name is Iri Adirinoku. I'm a front-end developer and UI designer from Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, I currently working in a company called Bycoins. I'm one of the co-founders and it's a cryptocurrency exchange for Africa. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now. Oh, it's really interesting. Yeah, I, I found that online as well, Bycoins, and I was so fascinated by it. I, I hope you could tell us a bit more about it today. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, this podcast is basically um, about listening to the stories of women in tech. We've seen the whole diversity in tech movement, the diversity and inclusion movement. The women in tech hashtag is everywhere on Twitter. Yeah. So um, I I think it would be nice to actually speak with some women in tech on our Fempire podcast, which aims to empower women in tech and just hear their side of the story. Great. <laughs> okay, so I'll just go into the questions. You ready? <laughs> yeah, ready. Okay, so how long have you been working as a front-end developer and where do you work? Yeah, so I... I guess professionally, been working as a front-end developer for about, I think it's my fifth year now. Um, I kind of got into it when I was a teenager, sort of as a hobby, just like messing around basically. But I never really took it that seriously because I didn't know it was a career you could actually pursue. I thought I was just playing with the computer as my mom would always say, like Erie is just always playing on her computer. <laughs> so, um, I didn't really consider it like a career, but when I did eventually like figure that out. Um, so after I graduated, I started basically just trying to teach myself and I started with freelance work. Then I um, started working for a company in Nigeria and moved on and on until I got to where I am now, which is working on Bycoins. It sounds great. I like the part where you said your mom said you're just playing. <laughs> yeah. Even today, she still says that sometimes. I'm just like, this is actually my job. <laughs> I, think, I think it's a thing with, uh, with maybe African parents, not really. Yeah. I, I don't know. With my mom, it's the same because I work from home and she's like, oh, you're just on your computer. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They don't really understand that like, there's so much you can do on your computer. Um, so it's not just like playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. not a game. We're making money here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, could you give us a little insight on what it means to be a front-end developer and to be a UI designer? Um, okay. So what I do is, or the way I sort of explain what it is, is um, if you, I 
builds or design whatever it is you see when you go to a website so for when i try and explain to my mom for example i'm like oh, okay when you go to google or when you go to facebook like whatever you see that's what it's, it would be the job of a front-end developer or ui designer to make that and then obviously back end is like when you actually click oh add a friend or something or search for something on google the back end is what powers like what happens when you do that so um that's the way i kind of explain it and for me um as a front-end developer i focus on html css javascript so those are the languages that i work with and um in my current job i do a lot of angular and ionic so that's pretty much what i do <laughs> That's really interesting. You know, I've always wondered what the the exact difference between front end and back end was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I just got the best explanation. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, um, how did you find yourself working in tech? Um, I know you said growing up, you all you always were passionate about being on your computer, and you know it was like playing around until it became serious. But like, how, when, and how did you really find yourself working in tech? Hmm. Um, yeah, like I mentioned, I discovered this through um, this online game I used to play, which had some very basic HTML as part of it. And that's how I first um, started making my own like web pages. And I would say it really like clicked and became a real thing for me when I met someone during my master's who was studying computer science. And even at the time, I didn't even know exactly what the details of computer science were um i think i just heard the phrase computer science and i just imagined something that was completely different to what it actually was but then when i saw that he was doing stuff like what i was doing i was like oh then it just kind of clicked like okay this is definitely something i should try and pursue because it's like a real thing so that's kind of what made me make that switch and just realize like okay as soon as i graduate i'm gonna try and focus and make this like a real thing Wow, that's really interesting. So your background before that, it wasn't in it wasn't in tech. No, so I actually studied um, psychology for my undergraduate. Then I did law for my masters. So it was only when I was doing my masters that I really like understood what computer science was, and I was like, oh, okay, I just wasted two degrees. <laughs> But that's nice because in the end, it's like, you know, you've, you've actually acquired a lot of knowledge in different fields. Like you have psychology, law, and then now computer science. And it's great. I like hearing stories like this. It's not like a traditional computer science degree and yeah. just working in tech. It was like a different transition for you. Yeah, exactly. It's probably not what most people go through. But I think a lot of people are actually um, not really... Like I would say most people didn't, or at least half of the people didn't really study computer science, especially in Nigeria, because even the people that did study computer science, the education system there is not that great. And mm. they are even really learning the things that you need to be able to be like a professional developer anyway. So um, even if you do study computer science, you're still gonna have to do a lot of the same self teaching that I had to do, so. 
You're right. We don't actually have the right. Um, I think we don't have the. It's, it's like a systematic problem with the education system here. Yeah. Yeah. So there's computer science, but you probably walk into a university, especially the public ones. I mean, the private ones are more organized than. In the public ones, there's less organization. You have someone studying computer science, but maybe they haven't even worked with a computer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. just, yeah. It's something we hope will change sometime in the future. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so um, what would you say your biggest challenge was um, getting into tech? Um, I think for me, it was more the whole process of deciding I was going to go for it um, because it was kind of a scary leap seeing as I had completely different degrees. It's not like I really had that much knowledge either. Even though I had been doing it as a hobby, I didn't have, I wasn't like that great at it. It was just something I was doing on and off, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it was quite difficult to like decide that yes, I want to do it and also try and convince people around me, like like my parents and stuff that, yeah, this is something that I want to do and for them to kind of accept it, which they didn't really, but I still did it. <laughs> but what I did was I just gave myself a time period and said, okay, I'm going to try this for a year. And if I can't make it a real thing, then I'll just go to law school or wherever. But um, so I think that, that, time period in which I had to like really really push myself to make it happen and learning all the things I needed to learn and um, putting myself out there to actually start doing actual jobs to show that yeah this is a thing that I can have as my career and I can like live off of say that was probably um, the most difficult time. Yeah, I can imagine what it was like, especially trying to convince people around you that this is really something you can survive off of. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I mean, obviously, because they didn't really know that much about it, mm -hmm. they, their advice was like, no, you can't do this. This isn't a real job. But I'm just glad that I at least felt passionate enough about it to not really listen to them <laughs> and just do what I knew was like the right thing. <laughs> It's always best to follow your own your own goals. You you can't yeah. can't follow other people's goals for yourself. It'll, it'll land you in a ditch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, how do you think you've improved in your career over the years? Hmm. Um. Okay. Well, I would say that I think the biggest thing that helped me improve was starting my blog actually and I started it quite early on like maybe within that year that I said I was going to like try and make this a career um, and it really helped me like level up my skills because I had committed I was going to write a technical article like every single week and so it just kind of forced me to learn enough to write this article every single week. And it was also really great for putting myself out there because when I would write, I would also share it on all these like boards like Reddit or their specific like boards for front-end development and things like that. So it also helped with exposure and that's what also helps me kind of build up more and build more of a um, presence, I guess. So that um, it also helped like leading up to me doing things like speaking at conferences and stuff. Because the first ever conference I got invited to was 
from someone who had read the blog and was like, oh, this is cool. So let this person come and speak. So I think starting a blog is really great. And um, the third thing is that it really helps me like ingrain the knowledge because I have really bad memory. <laughs> so I tend to forget things a lot, but I find that the act of writing an article or writing something that I just learned, it helps you memorize it or remember it, but also you have the reference there. So if you ever forget something, you can go look back. And that's something that I do sometimes like, oh, I think mm -hmm. I forgot how to do a specific thing, but I wrote about it so I can just go and check the blog. So. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think writing is it's it's one great way to keep tabs of what you're doing. You can always Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and look at it. And it's nice that you started the blog because you pretty much created some exposure for yourself. Yeah, exactly. So that's one tip for newbies. Create exposure. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell everybody to start a blog because even if it doesn't really create the exposure for you, it's still good to learn how to like write. And I think a lot of people don't realize how important being able to write is for like a programmer, because it's not just about writing code. It's also about being able to explain what you're doing. So being able to properly document things and also showing that you actually understand why you wrote this thing in this particular way. So I think writing in general is just a great skill to have as a developer. Your writing is important. I, I read something the other day. It said everyone needs to learn how to write. <laughs> yeah, like everybody. It's not, <laughs> I can't think of one job that it's like, it would be bad for you to be a better writer. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's not just for writers. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. oh, that's nice. Um, would you say you've had it tougher as a woman in tech? And are there any challenges you faced that you could share with us? Hmm. Um, I mean, I have to assume that like, even if there were things that I'm a bit unconscious towards, like, I mean, I know that there are many people that um, think I, I am not as good or underestimate me because of that. But in general, I think my personal experience has, I haven't had that many um, negative experiences that I know so many other people have had because like I have friends that tell me. And I think part of it has just been, even from like starting the blog, right? Because when I was first doing freelance, I only did maybe about three or four jobs, which all happened to be with women clients actually. So that was kind of a lucky coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> but after I did that and I was starting this blog, the first job I got that was back in Nigeria was also from someone who had seen the blog. So I think in that way, I sort of, I didn't have to go through the process of just blindly applying for a job and dealing with that kind of like um, discrimination that might come from being going through it that way. Because since then, almost every other job I've gotten has been on, oh, okay, I already know this person because of their work in this or that. And mm -hmm. I, um, so I think in, because of those things, I never really had to go through those scenarios that are generally more discriminatory towards women. And I mean, of course, I've had all the stupid comments on like Twitter and things like that, <laughs> but um, 
I think in general, my experience has been all right. But of course, like, I mean, maybe if I was a man, I would be like head of Google Nigeria now or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I think like I've had an all right experience. <laughs> oh, that's good. Like, it's good yeah. to hear like another aspect to this whole thing. Um, you know, most people have had terrible experiences, but it's good to hear that it, it can it can be positive as a woman in tech. It doesn't have to be on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Men men do have a little bit of an upper hand. It's a bit frustrating sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it is. And um, I think that's why, unfortunately, we just have to, like, prove ourselves so much more before mm -hmm. they even have the opportunity to, like, discriminate against us for being a woman if you just have to, you just have to be, like, the best person ever. Yeah. So that nobody can even say that, like, oh, I don't want to hire this person because she's a woman because she's, like, the best. <laughs> it's true, especially yeah. in a society like Nigeria where, like, you know, everything, we look up to men that they know how to do it better. Yeah, exactly. We're still, we're still coming out of that mindset that <laughs> women can actually do. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So what do you think about the current statistics Um that show that women are still underpaid in comparison to men. I mean, women are getting opportunities and are getting more known for their work in tech, but you know, there's still statistics that show that women are still underpaid. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously just horrible. Like, I don't understand why it's still a thing. I mean, obviously I do because the people in power are men and they, they don't benefit from trying to make things more even. So mm -hmm. I understand literally why it's still this way, but it doesn't actually make sense because women are equally as good as men when it comes to, especially when it comes to something like writing code. It's so, it, I mean, we have kids that do it, <laughs> right? <laughs> so why does it matter what gender you are? Like, yeah. it really doesn't matter. So, I mean, I, we just hope and try and do what we can to, improve things um and especially in nigeria because like we're still dealing with sexism that's like i don't know that people in europe and america heard we're dealing with like 30 years ago we're just dealing with this now like exactly. our president is talking about his wife being in the kitchen or the bedroom <laughs> and it's just like how can that be a thing that is happening today yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's we still have a long way to come before we even get to the gender or the gender payback and um, pay gap, rather. We're still like dealing with questions of, oh, should my wife even have a full time job because how is she going to cook for me? Like, we need to deal with that before we even deal with like, should we pay women and men the same? Because that's like level 100 and we're like on level two. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's true. We're still going through that, and it's it's actually really sad because we're in 2019. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you still hear men saying, "Oh, but if my wife works all day, who's going to take care of the kids?" <laughs> right? <laughs> like, why don't you take care of the kids? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. But he's a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I hope it's something we can get past because if we can get past seeing women as just wives and, and mothers and actually people who can make a difference in society because there's so many intelligent, brilliant women in Nigeria 
with exactly. so many so many initiatives so many great ideas and you know it, it's almost as though if a man were to bring that idea here he would get more funding more attention mm. it's something yeah. we really hope to move move past and i i hope it's soon <laughs> yeah same <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so how do you feel about the diversity and inclusion movement? Is it something you think will really have an impact on how women are viewed in the tech industry? Um, yeah, I, I think it is already helping. Um, even here in, or here in Nigeria, I think it was like in March or something, um, we had one of the publishing companies, Tech About, that did a whole series on women in um, tech women in Lagos, like they did portraits of everybody, wrote out like stories and everything. And it was really good because it just showcased all the amazing women doing amazing things in tech. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of stuff really helps because people everywhere can just see and women everywhere can just see that, oh, look at all these great women. I can do the same thing as well. So I think those types of initiatives all those things they do actually help in the long run because people can see themselves being represented and wants to be part of the community because obviously a, a, a lot of the reason that there aren't that many women in tech is because they don't they're, they're kind of told that it's not for them and they feel like well i don't really see myself here so how can i join this and be the only um, woman in this company or be the only woman in this entire industry but when they to see more and more of us then I think it definitely helps yeah it's true it's true and just putting it in people's in people's minds that you know there there can be more diversity there can be more inclusion it makes them actually see that bigger picture and the possibility mm. okay yeah and there's so many cool, cool things going on in Nigeria in the tech scene. There really are. Yeah, there are. <laughs> I've seen so many, and it's like, wow, this is really good, especially in Lagos. There's yeah. So, so, would you say the tech scene in Nigeria affected you as a young woman in tech? Um, in a way, obviously, because it's there aren't that many women. Um it was a bit jarring in a way, like coming into that industry. Um, because I was self-taught, I didn't really experience the gender imbalance like before I entered the industry. I just was doing it pretty much on my own and I wasn't really paying attention to what was already there. So it wasn't until I started working that I realized that, oh, okay, there really aren't <laughs> any women here <laughs> but um i think i don't know maybe just in my experience in life in general i had kind of been used to being like the only ex for a while like when i was in university in england i was like the only black person for like in my entire course or my entire class and things like that so i was kind of already used to that in a way obviously it's not the best feeling yeah. like it's still better to have other people but it didn't put me off because i was already kind of used to it but um besides that the tech scene in nigeria just being very young i think has been i think it's been kind of interesting and 
I guess a bit fun as well because we just get to be the first of so many things to like you just see the first of so many different industries or so many different types of products like um something like paste tack which is sort of like stripe um but like for our markets it was just very interesting to see that because they're one of the first companies to like get into Y Combinator and they're just pioneering so much so it's really interesting to see it grow even just in the shorts like five four years that i've been in this industry it's like completely different to what it was before like i probably would not have imagined that i would have seen any like yc startup back in like five years ago but now it's like oh almost every single batch or every single year we're getting companies from nigeria go through yc and it's just like oh yeah we are actually getting that kind of stuff happen so it's it's been really interesting yeah it sounds really interesting especially the growth yeah the growth is so interesting and to see how far we've actually come in the country with tech and also you see all the people doing tech are so young which is <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. in general the country is just very young so yeah. um well yeah of course a young country but also such a new type of thing like mm -hmm. technology it's bound to be um younger people kind of pioneering that yeah that's true so what would you consider your greatest achievement so far hmm well actually probably working on this company by coins and particularly going through Y Combinator, that was probably one of the craziest experiences <laughs> in my life. And um, yeah, I mean, it was very interesting and it was obviously such a big positive thing to happen for the company. So um, that's probably one of the greatest. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, do you have any advice you could give to young people who are still looking to explore the tech scene in, in Africa? Um, I mean, just to go for it for mm -hmm. is pretty much what I would say. I mean, I don't think that's very helpful advice, but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of the truth in a way that you need to just go for it and when i say go for it i mean like you need to drive yourself because like i said um it's not like there's that much formal education mm -hmm. for this type of thing especially in nigeria so if this is something that you're interested in like there's nobody stopping you from doing it really apart from yourself because all you really need is i mean assuming you have like access to a computer and internet you can do pretty much, you can like learn pretty much anything. So um, it's really just one of those careers where it's so self-motivated that mm -hmm. you have to, you have to actually be the one to just say, okay, I need to go for it and then do that yourself. Yeah, that's true. It's good to always be self-motivated because if you're waiting for other things to motivate you, you might wait for a very long time. Exactly. <laughs> Um, how do you feel about going around for conferences? What are your pros and cons during your time at events? 
Mm. Um, do you mean speaking or attending or both? <laughs> Actually both, speaking and attending. Yeah. Well, I think conferences in general are a really great experience for me um, from both sides, like speaking or just attending. I mean, when you're just there as somebody attending, you just have access to so much like information. And I think conferences are a really great way to explore new ideas that you might not have had the time or the motivation to really go and explore on your own. It's easier to go and attend a talk on something like a new framework or a new like language or whatever, mm. rather than looking it up yourself. It's easier for someone else to like present, oh, these are like the key things about this. So that's why I really like going and attending to attending conferences. And I try and go to a few key ones, at least like every year. And um, with speaking, I find that it's a really, it's actually just a really positive experience actually, because I mean, everybody is scared of public speaking. <laughs> Maybe yeah. not everybody, but I know that I am slash was, I don't know. I, I guess I still am in a way <laughs> scared of public speaking, but I think it's one of those things that's so fulfilling to overcome if you can do that. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I was always a very quiet person and I never thought that I would actually be into it, but, um, I don't know what, I guess I just got invited and I was like, I can't say no to this. So <laughs> <laughs> I have to like try and do it. And especially like as someone coming from Nigeria, it's also really a really great way to just explore and travel the world. And I've gotten invited to so many amazing places that I probably would never have been to before. Like I've, been to Serbia and I don't think I would ever have gone to Serbia <laughs> if not for this so yeah. yeah so it's like a really in nice way to just explore as well and obviously meeting people is another great positive um you can always watch the videos of conferences at home but it's not the same as being in the same place yeah. as all these people who are like interested in doing the same thing as you and you can always like talk to people and um because coding or programming, it can be an isolating thing if you want it to be. Like, you can be, if you're self-taught or if you want to work by yourself, you can just be 100% by yourself, like, your entire career. And so mm -hmm. doing things like going to conferences might be the only way of really connecting with other people in the same industry. Yeah, yeah. It's also a great, yeah, it's a great way to meet people. I can't yeah. imagine how lonely it could get sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> could you please tell us about your company, Bycoins? Um, what is it about and what should we expect to see? Okay. So like I mentioned, um, we're what's called a cryptocurrency exchange. So um, if you've ever heard of something like Coinbase, we are similar to that, but for the African market. So what we do is allow you to buy and sell um, a range of cryptocurrencies. So for example, Bitcoin, and you can, the key thing or the key value that we provide is that you can do that using your Nigerian card or bank account. So you can buy or sell using like Naira, which most other, um, exchanges like Coinbase, you can't buy or sell with your Naira. You have to have a 
like UK bank accounts or US bank accounts or something. Yeah. So that's like the key value that we provide. And we're just trying to make things easier to make it easier for people in Nigeria and soon to be other places in Africa, we hope, um, to really leverage cryptocurrencies, um, which can be useful for a number of different things. And from just like investments to trying to save or just using it to like transfer money between countries, that's also a really um, valuable thing, especially as someone living in Nigeria, it's very difficult to like send money to somebody in Ghana, for example. It's like, it's mm. not, like, I can't even think about how you would do that. It's easier to send that person dollars than to try and find out how to convert your Naira to like Ghanaian CDs. And yeah. uh, we think something like cryptocurrency can be really helpful in um, making those stuff so much easier and cheaper and more secure and all of that good stuff so that's pretty much what we do that's actually really interesting i like that it's really catering to the nigerian market mm -hmm. it's a really interesting aspect at least you know there are so many people interested in cryptocurrency and now they get to get to be a part of it and they don't exactly. even have to think about using a dollar account they could just use their regular naira accounts exactly so what advice would you um, give to big companies looking to create a diverse workspace? Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's just about making things um, easier or sort of leveling the playing field in a sense when they're looking for candidates. So if you're trying to find... Um, I'm trying to find a, like, a good example for this. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so for example, if you're a large company and you say that you want to hire somebody, but you make it a requirement that they need to be able to like fly to New York in a week or something. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and even if you would pay for that, everybody who has like a Nigerian or African passport already knows that, wait, you need like how many months to apply for a visa? <laughs> like, so, when, so if you're really that interested in um, having a diverse um, company, you have to be a lot more aware and I'm a lot more sensitive to the issues or the things that will make things more difficult for somebody in Nigeria or whatever like demographic they're trying to... Um, um, trying to target, or if you think about it with like women and men, if you mm -hmm. say something like, you need to have something like good maternity leave, right? If you're trying to attract women, you need to know the things that women need to be able mm -hmm. to, or to want to work for your company. So that's, that's what I would say. And it all just starts from talking to the actual people that you're trying to engage with. So you can't just sit there as men and say, how do we get more women to join us? You're not going to know because you're just men, right? So you have to actually talk to the people and find out, oh, how can, I, how can we make this better for you? And um, I hope that companies are trying to do that. I hope so too. Because yeah. <laughs> diversity and inclusion, it's about considering, you know, the different things that are going to make your employees comfortable. Yeah, exactly. 
So this has been nice and fun and very technical. So we're going to take <laughs> it down a little bit. Um, okay. Could you share one random more fun fact about yourself with us? Uh, okay. So, I mean, when people ask me this, I usually talk about the fact that I have like degrees in completely different um, topics, but we already discussed that. So now I have to find something <laughs> else. <laughs> um, okay. Well, something that's, I guess, kind of fun or random is that um, I, in, I don't know, in a secret life, I would be a dancer. <laughs> or I would, I really enjoy dancing. So um, I guess it's like my secret life, like trying to be undercover Beyonce's dancer or something. <laughs> Your alter ego. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like Sasha Fierce. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> say. Yeah. Uh, Ira, it's been so wonderful speaking with you. And I think anyone who's listening or who's going to listen to this will have a lot to learn from your story because it's not the typical one. It's really interesting. It has its own plot twists here and there. <laughs> and I really appreciate you taking some time out to um, have this interview with me today. It's really my pleasure speaking to you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for inviting me. It's been it's been really fun. I can't wait to like listen back to this. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. So we've come to the end of our podcast and um it's been really lovely talking to Ira and I just hope with each segment of the Women in Tech podcast we get to uncover some issues women in tech go through that we don't really hear about or even like today see the more positive sides of being a woman in tech that doesn't really come with so many negative stories and it's also great to hear from Ira and from what I've read online that you know the tech scene in Nigeria is really growing and there's so many young women who are so innovative and they're doing so many great things um, for example there's this uh, organization called Tech Her Nigeria and they're it's amazing I read about the lady that that has, um, I think she's the founder Shoma. It's it's really great to see what's happening here. Great. <laughs> okay, so I'd like to also thank End Studio for our Vampire Podcast sponsorship. Thank you to End Studios. <laughs> and for everyone watching, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at this media. And um, you could always look at our website, www.this.co. Um, if you would like to support women in tech, you can look at our website and find out more about our apprentice program and hire vampire. And the Podbin link would be up on Twitter soon. And if you follow us, you can find it and you could always listen back to this podcast. <laughs> so thank you once again, Ira. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Vampire Podcast. Find us on our website at this.co. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O. Or follow us on Twitter at this.media. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T-M-E-D-I-A.